Hey guys, my name is Grace and you are listening to Dream Green. Welcome! In today's episode, we'll be talking about what citizen science is, how it helps scientists, and how you can get involved. So the definition for citizen science is the collection and analysis of data relating to the natural world by members of the general public, typically as part of a collaborative project with professional scientists. Now, I wanted to talk about citizen science today because I did an internship with a conservation group in my local area, and one of the things we talked about towards the end of the internship was that our efforts to make an impact didn't have to stop when the internship was over. A great way to continue helping scientists and the environment is to do some citizen science. And I realize I only covered what citizen science is with a really long and wordy definition, so here's my definition. I'd say that citizen science is something that anyone can do, of any age, that involves collecting data to help scientists. This can be classified into one of three types. The most common one is contributive, where citizens gather data and send it off to scientists. Another way is collaborative, where citizens also interpret the data, and the third type of citizen science is co-created. This is where citizens participate in all levels of the project, from creating a research question all the way to analyzing data. All of these ways make scientists' jobs easier by not having to go out in the field and collecting data. They can just analyze the data to make judgments on if the ecosystem is healthy or not, what it is lacking, and what needs to be done to change that. In my case with the internship, we did a collaborative type of citizen science, and it was literally so much fun. Basically, we got to put on waders, which is kind of like long overalls but with boots, so that your clothes don't get wet. And we went into the water from the creek that went up to our hips at some point to collect macroinvertebrate for analysis that would determine the health of the creek and habitat around it. We used something that resembled a net but with two wooden ends and we found really cool creatures. That day was definitely the highlight of the internship, and what I didn't realize at the time was that we were actually doing citizen science. If you collaborate on a project with a lab, you can do the same thing with family or friends. I just thought that was a super fun example of citizen science, so I thought I'd bring it up on the podcast. After that day, we brought the macroinvertebrates inside so that we can identify each one, and that was a really cool day too because we got to look at them through a microscope and see every little small detail. Super fun experience. Alright, so so far we've talked about what citizen science is, how it helps scientists, and even an example of it in action. Now I want to talk about how you can be a citizen scientist too. So I'll start off with some of the easier ones and then move on to the hard ones. The first way you can do citizen science is as simple as downloading an app and observing wildlife. You can use apps like BioBlitz or iNaturalist to upload your observations onto a database that helps scientists in global research projects. Another easy way to contribute is to submit data documenting light pollution based on the visibility of constellations by joining the Globe at Night program. There are so many simple and easy ways to contribute to research. To rattle a few more off, you can participate in the World Monitoring Day, monitor bird nests, count birds, observe coral bleaching, listen for frog calls, and even contribute to a butterfly census. National Geographic is a great way to find ways to do citizen science, as well as citizenscience.gov. To wrap this episode up, I want to talk about some recent news. 
First off, in New South Wales, Australia, 600 square miles are being used to create a new national park for the protection of threatened species. This national park is home to 25 endangered species. This is incredible news and I just had to share. Next off, scientists have recently found that bees toot and quack along with buzzing. Scientists say it's all about survival. By placing highly sensitive vibration sensors at the heart of the hive, the UK researchers observed that once a queen bee is born and gets out of the egg, she makes a different noise than a buzz, and it's more like a toot. There are multiple eggs that are queen eggs, and when they are ready to leave the egg, they make a quacking sound. But this queen used a toot sound to tell the worker bees not to release any other queens so she wouldn't have to fight. This was a crazy discovery, and it's really cool to hear. If you want to listen to these new sounds, try searching bee quacking sound. That is all for today's episode of Dream Green. I really hope you liked it, and if you did, please click follow or subscribe, and follow me on Instagram at dreamgreenteens. As always, don't forget to dream green. Bye!